0: call it that? Uh, Where did you get the name from? What are we supposed to be doing with this thing called communitas? Well, it started back when we uh, started about nine years ago in the cafeteria. And we would start the new year with a focus on asking each other, what do you think God is teaching you right now in your life? And what does God, uh, do you think God wants to show you and teach you in this coming year? Talk to us a, a little bit about that. And communitas is a a Latin word which talks about a deeper level of community. Because one of our core values is authentic community. How do you get community to actually be authentic? Well, part of it is sharing your life with other people and sharing some of the things that you're learning with other people, sharing the stories, the things that you're struggling with, uh, sharing what God is doing in your life, where you're feeling challenged, where you need others to pray for you about. And so over the course of the last nine years, we've set aside one Sunday at least every year, except actually for last year, just because of some calendaring challenges, uh, to just open it up for that conversation and to just see what are the things that you're learning. Talk to each other. Share with each other. Say, these are the things I'm wrestling with. These are the challenges that I'm having. Uh, These are the things that I'd like others around me to pray for. And so when we do communitas, I'd encourage you to have your pen and a piece of paper or maybe your smartphone ready so that you could actually jot down some things that people are sharing and remember to pray for those. And then as we get to the end of our time together this morning, we'll put those things up on the screen. And we'll just spend a few minutes together uh, just praying quietly and asking God to do what the individuals have asked us to pray for. And this comes to us really from the practices that we see in the New Testament. We hear when they got together in the life of the early church, he said one would come with a song, one would come with a word of encouragement, one would come with a scripture, one would come with an expression of challenge or blessing. It's something that God was doing. And so in, in our context today, we wanna just create space for that to happen, for you to say, here's what God is doing in my life. Here's where God is teaching me. And so if you look in your info sheet, uh, we've got listed for you the topics that we've been covering over the course of this last (coughs) series together, unintentional. And in this series, we've been asking specific questions. How are you taking steps to become more intentional in a whole set of different practices attitudes and experiences and so you might want to uh, use that to jog your memory and say oh when we talked about this this actually kind of sparked something in me that I started doing something different and here's my experience with it it may not be perfect it may not be great I might not be fantastic at it but it started to do something in my life and I wanted to just share that as a way of encouraging other people. There may be things that came up in the context of the series that you say, I have questions about this still, and I'm not quite sure, and maybe this is a forum that you want to choose uh, to use to express that in. And so this is just a time when we'll uh, invite you to share. Uh, If things get a little quieter, then Ron and the team will lead us in a song, and uh, you can engage and participate that way and use that as a time to either uh, maybe something's been shared around you that you want to pray for that person Maybe you just want to use it to gather your own thoughts, use it to spend some quiet moments in worship. And so Ron and the team will just do that occasionally as we move throughout the course of the morning. And other than that, we'll just turn it open and uh, ask that you would share whatever it is that God has put on your heart. So without any other further introduction, I'm going to uh, uh, bring the mic around. And if you want to uh, share something, I'll come to you. Just stick your hand up. And uh, then you can share a little bit about uh, whatever it is that you'd like to share. Cheryl?
1: Okay, I guess I'll stand up. Um, A while ago, there was a sermon um, in the series on having more compassion for the poor. And um, I think it's a common experience for people to be out and about and um, all of a sudden you see somebody and they're asking for money. So whether you're in your car and you're stopped at a red light or you're walking downtown and um, I'd always kind of go into my head when this experience would happen to me and like well I don't actually have any money because I just use credit and debit these days and if I had money should I give it to them because what are they gonna do with it and you know, but then I'd sort of feel bad, like, you know, I should just be generous and just give to them. And never really sure exactly what I should do. And I never really thought about it long enough to come up with a a response properly. And um, so when we had this sermon, I thought, you know, like, I I'd need to get a response in order and have something prepared. Um, and so... I After that sermon, I thought, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to decide, and I'm going to have a response. And so uh, I went, actually immediately after, and got some um, uh, gift cards to superstores. I thought, well, you know, they could get food, or they could get um, toiletry items, or or what have you. And, um, and then I typed out a little letter that just said, you know, I hope that this can bless you, and... And if you live in Langley, here are some resources that you might want to check into. And um, so I put that in an envelope, and I keep them in my purse. And I was out um, a couple weeks ago, and my mom and I were at Tim Hortons. And I was coming out of Tim Hortons with my mom, and there was a guy there. He was like, oh, you know, do you have any money? Um, I'd like to get myself a coffee or something. And I said, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't have money, but I, I have this envelope with a gift card in there for you. And um, he seemed really, like, kind of surprised and, and, um, and thankful for that. And, um, but what I thought was more interesting was my mom was like, oh, like, where'd you get that idea? And that's cool. Maybe I should do that. And, and so, I don't know. It's just a small thing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be neat if more people did something like that. Neat.
0: Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for sharing that. Walter.
2: I'll just add one
3: more idea to what Cheryl said. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were expressing almost exactly the same idea, and they suggested that uh, one family keeps a box of granola bars in their car and they can hand those out. And So I have a bag of granola bars in my car now for that purpose. And the other day I was at an interview and as I was driving back there was a woman standing on the median and I was in the right lane and I couldn't give her a granola bar. I felt badly about it but that was the first chance I had to put it to use. Mm-hmm. So pray that I get to mm-hmm. hand out those granola bars instead of feeding them to my kids when they complain. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: something else just to add to that, um, a couple ideas. One, I will always say to them, I won't give you any money, but I will go buy you something. What would you like from Tim Hortons, McDonald's, whatever, or go and buy a $5 Tim Hortons card, or $5 McDonald's, whatever, Okay. that way you know that it's going to be used on something for them to eat.
0: Tammy, I'm going to get my workout this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I know you were. Yeah, thanks.
5: (laughs) I'm not going to stand up because I don't really like being on display. Um, So I'll just hear about, um, I guess, switch gears from the compassion sermon um, over to the one that we did on scripture intake and life journaling. Um, I felt really, um, it was Keith that preached that week and they did um the women, Meg and some of the other ladies, did the demonstration on what it would look like at Starbucks at 6 a.m. And I sat there and I thought, huh, I might be able to do that. And journaling is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm actually like pretty bad at it. And I think people in the group might agree. But um, um yeah, I just I just felt really encouraged by like seeing what it actually looks like, and so that was really motivating to me to kind of give it a try, so um, I started going to the one on Thursday mornings um, at Matu's Coffee with a group of women, and I just found, like, I left every Thursday morning feeling really encouraged. Um, I just found it was really neat that um, we could all read the same passage. Sometimes one of us would actually read a different one, because we weren't really great at, I guess, following the the list, but it was just, it was really, it was really cool to see how everybody could read the same passage, and some people have, hear similar things from God, and others hear something different, um, and just, just to hear everybody share from their heart what God was speaking to them about, and um, yeah, and just getting to know them, and praying with them, and um, it was just a really encouraging time and so I just wanted to encourage other people here in the church if you're also a bad journaler there's no judgment and um, and it, it gets easier so yeah
0: that's great thanks Tammy <coughs> Scott man you guys are it's like you guys are planning this on purpose <laughs> <laughs>
6: Yeah, I'm true. I'm doing the journaling uh, w- with Brad here and, uh, on Tuesday afternoons, and uh, I find that uh, it's—I don't know—it's opening my eyes to the situations in my life at the time or stuff like that. It's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Sneet. We were we were at uh, Starbucks this last week, and we were reading and we looked at the same passage and then we were writing about the same verses and we had these very very different experiences in each of our weeks and our lives that both that text was actually speaking to both of them in really unique and powerful ways so it was a lot of fun it was great fun so yeah we'll be there on Tuesday if you want to join us up for you'd be welcome to i'll even buy you a coffee if you come <laughs> no worries
7: (laughs) I'm Karina Um, and I just had two quick things Um, one I guess following along with the scripture um, lesson I also joined a journaling group this past couple weeks and um, it's been really great yeah just seeing what different people take out of the scripture and also just on a practical side I found that um, the acronym the shape really helpful like I've grown up in a Christian home and reading scripture my whole life but I just found it Um, Really great just helping me to focus my thoughts and just slow down and be able to take a little bit more out of the scripture. So that was really cool. And also um, the one that we did on spiritual leadership I found really helpful. I kind of grew up in kind of the old school thought of like the man is going to be the spiritual leader in your home so I actually thought that was funny when you were singing that song because I've listened to that song, being like, "Hey, isn't this what my house is supposed to be like? Come on, husband!" Like, <laughs> right? And so it just kind of um, helped me realize that I can take ownership of that as well, and just kind of we can lead our home together. And so that was just really encouraging and um, just impacted me to try and look into that for myself, not put all the ownership on my spouse for my spiritual welfare. So, yeah.
0: Thanks, Mia. I think that was a hand, Lisa was that, a hand? Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay.
8: Um, so for me, it was the spiritual friendship that really kind of touched me, and partially because that was, I think, the only sermon we were here for. Um, <laughs> but with having a newborn at home, um, this last couple months have been a, a bit of a challenge, you could say. And at the beginning, I guess reading online, everyone's like, you know, make sure you don't have too many people over, make sure you try to keep, you know, have lots of time just to yourself. And so I, we were kind of doing that. Like, we'd have friends over, but I was kind of always like, oh, there's too many people, blah, blah, blah. And um, I realized very quickly how lonely I got with that because while I love him, he's not really great for conversations. <laughs> um, not at this point. And uh, so when you did the sermon on the friendship, you said uh, friends are people you share your calendar with. And uh, I guess since then, i kind of really been making an effort to... Um, find people to share my calendar with and sometimes we went to Ikea and did errands together. Um, but just using this time all of a sudden I have to try to actively build those friendships again because, you know, for the last five years working, you don't have time in the middle of the day to go for lunch. And I randomly have a bunch of friends who all got unemployed at the same time. So we uh, <laughs> we have time to share our calendars with each other all of a sudden. So it's been really encouraging then since then to spend the time not... Just with him, but sharing him and sharing time with friends again and building my, our spirit, but spiritual friendships and just building up those friendships that we had. So,
0: yeah,
8: thanks.
1: Hi, I'll
4: will stand so you can see me. Just quickly, this is me. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather sit. Um, we uh, we had kind of a rocky year. We were. I'm totally a crier. <laughs> um, Um Okay. Um so we have a 6-year-old and a 4-year-old and um we really have had adoption on our heart for a long time and um we we've been kind of working on it kind of dabbling in it, trying to figure out, do we foster first or do we adopt through the ministry or do we adopt internationally? And we'd had our meeting with an international agency and then it seemed like it was gonna take so long. And so we kind of thought like, let's buy ourselves some time and, and go the biological route one more time. So in, um, in January, we found out that we were expecting. Sorry. Um, And I got really sick, so for three months, I was kind of just out of commission, and Cam was kind of doing double duty, and um, at 15 weeks, we found found out that we had lost him. Um, And part of me was just kind of relieved not to be pregnant anymore and to be feeling better but the longer we go along and see people who are due we were due in september and their bellies are popping and it kind of seems to get harder but um we just realized we had to focus again on our adoption and start working toward that a little more and it just was sort of this this push toward that. And I was just so frustrated. We had been arranging a meeting with um, adoption worker with the ministry when I just got slammed with morning sickness. And so we were three months behind where we would have been. And I was just, I was frustrated and trying to meet with her now. Like, I think we called her within weeks of um, losing, the baby, because I just, I didn't, I needed something to focus on, but I didn't want to wait, and, um, and Jared preached on time, and how, time is not against us, and I was just so frustrated that just sort of having these panics of looking at our four-year-old and she's going to be five and how far apart are our next kids going to be and i you know i look at families who their kids are all close together and i was just like so frustrated and it was just like this sort of like i felt like this i don't know like it was just so soothing to know that Time is not against us, and this is a gift, and God's given us more time, and I can prepare my heart, and I can prepare our family, and prepare our home, and whatever it is, I can do practical things to just be more ready when we do adopt, and we started praying for clarity between international and ministry, and... I think both of us were totally inclined to adopt internationally, and God has been so graciously clear that um, he's calling us to adopt from the ministry, which is absolutely terrifying. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, just this sort of, I mean, a huge lesson that I've learned, I think, through this is, um, blessed are those who mourn, and we have felt totally blessed in a, like, weird way. Blessed to be able to mourn and to seek God and to call on him in on the hard times. But, um yeah, just learning that, like, this is time that we can use wisely and we've... <sighs> yeah, the, the importance of being intentional and growing and being more prepared. So um we just... Finished our application with the ministry and handed it in last week. So um, prayers for that would also be appreciated. We, the next group of classes doesn't start till September, and if we had been able to get in touch with the adoption worker and start the process in January, um, there would have been a set of classes then. So I was really upset that like we've actually lost like nine months of time, but that was part of God's plan and the kids that he has for us um won't be ready until probably nine months later than they otherwise would have so trusting that god's timing is perfect and yeah
0: yeah well some of you um have a real heart for adoption and some of you have experienced some significant loss And so I just invite whoever would like to, if you can just gather around, Cam and Leslie have asked for prayer, and so I just invite you to respond in that way to them. Uh, Just come around them, lay hands on them, and uh, just pray for them as their community, uh, those who want to support them in that way.
9: Hi. Is it on? Okay. Um, So uh, my comments were on compassion and um, spiritual friendships, and um, I've been going through a rough time as well this year. I'm sorry for your loss, Leslie. And um, I just wanted to say such a big thank you to all the life groups and prayer team and individuals and everyone who's come around me and and helped me out and especially my my life group that hangs out with me and and at her table it was a great experience as well and you guys have made me feel like a worthwhile person because sometimes when you're you know you don't have money and you're standing in line at the food bank or for welfare and um i love getting to know the people there that are in line with me the ones i'm not scared of (laughs) um but it, it, it's hard to feel like there's a place for you on earth when you have to beg just to get by. So thank you guys so much for, um, for loving me and taking care of us.
3: start by um, thanking you, Leslie, and, and uh, Cam as well. I feel like your words have ministered to me this morning. Um, I found out in early April that my my dad has melanoma cancer. Um, he had it in 2001. And so this is uh, about number two, and it's uh, fairly aggressive and and it's not a good diagnosis, I guess is the best way of of putting it and uh so it's been it's been an interesting couple of months, and new news continues to come, which continues to be more discouraging i suppose um, so it's an interesting place to be at and it's an interesting time to be thinking about intentional living um because admittedly it's become more difficult to sing, to pray, to read scripture. Um, I sometimes want to do that and nothing happens or I can't or it takes me to a different place. But then looking at the the different things that we've looked at throughout this series all of them are applicable in different ways and so I think for me with intentionality um, part of it's been been looking at soul care and just thinking, um, yeah, how does this, how does this impact me and people close to me and what does it look like to have faith and to be courageous and to grieve well, um, and so I'm thankful for the spiritual friendships as well. I'm thankful that my dad's a believer and we aren't living in fear, um, but, you know, certainly there's, there's sadness and grief attached to it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the series just in the sense of, of that call to, to make the most of, of time and recognize that there's that balance between gifts and circumstances that God gives us and our own effort in working, working those out and working with others to hear his voice and to move forward. Um, And I'm certainly thankful to the many of you who have been praying and supporting us through this time.
0: Thanks, Keith. Can I give you a few tips as Jericho, um, just related to this situation? I think one of the things that I'm wonderfully grateful for is that Jericho is a place where pastors can be people too, and not just pastors. And so um, as you continue to come alongside Keith and uh, his family in this, um, just a, a, couple of, a couple of kind of coaching tips on that. One is that um, for anybody that would love to share uh, information with people that can pray with them, Our e-prayer team is fantastic at that. Katie Kwan heads that up. And so that's a great way that you can let people know what's going on and how they can pray for you specifically. So as Keith has been getting info and new updates from his family, then they send that out. So if you want to get any of our prayer news, just send an email to prayer at JerichoRidge.com, and we'll make sure that you get added to that list. And then if you ever have things that you want other people to pray for, then that's also the email that you send it to. And so um, maybe instead of asking Keith like every two minutes, how's your dad, how's your dad, how's your dad, how's your dad? Just as, his, as uh, news comes out, then he'll let you know through that. And then maybe the last tip that I'll give you is it can be a little tricky when you ask him that just before he gets up to preach because then it takes you into a whole different different space. And so just be wise and sensitive as I know you guys all are. Uh, you guys are a great group of people. For that so those are my my two kind of coaching tips for you on that if that's all right in terms of connecting with keith and his family in this situation on that thanks
9: just an observation that i've had on this series is the overriding topic was unintentional learning i think the unintentional part is the intentionality which with Brad and Meg and Keith and Melissa live out their Christian lives in front of us. And that gives this whole topic intentionality. And so I think we're blessed with having uh, leaders that are having such integrity in their lives and live it in front of us. And so we're blessed because of that. And that, that, that whole thing I learned just from watching you guys.
0: Thanks, Al.
6: Brad. It's, uh, it's such a great moment to, to hear each, other, each other's stories, to share each other's journeys, um, to lift each other up. Um, it, it's a blessing to me to watch prayer happen over a situation uh, where life got real. Um, the, I'd like to reflect on the, um, the sermon about time as well. I, I saw a tweet or a quote. I'm, I'm so bombarded with messages I can't even remember where it came from. But uh, this person said, uh, life is short and we all know that it ends. That should give us all kinds of impetus to love each other to the fullest extent we can. Unfortunately we don't use it that way. Um, we, we get jealous and we get frustrated and we get desperate and there's all these other things that, that influence us but I don't even think this person was a Christian and this is kind of the heartbeat that they have. Why can't we just love each other? Why, why can't we recognize the, the reality of mortality and, and use that as the impetus to take us where we want to go? And Jared and I had a, a fun little interaction on Twitter after, after you preached. And uh, I, I mentioned it's, it's kind of easy sometimes to bang on money, um, the people who are motivated by money. And, and that's what they trade their time for. Because it, that's almost kind of a straw man argument. I know rich people who that's, that, that's not their motivation. Their motivation is something else. So if I said to them, um, you know, you shouldn't be trading all your time for money, they would go. I'm not. I'm trading it for my family, or I'm trading it for any number of noble causes, um, and I, I think that we kind of we kind of miss what we're what we're getting at if we just put it in in a simplistic kind of a thing like money. Um, there's another element of pleasure. I'm trading my time for pleasure. I'm trading I'm trading my time for what I want to do with my life, for what I feel my purpose is, and there's all kinds of. Uh, apparently noble things that take us off track of that. Um, and so I've appreciated this whole uh, sermon series for, for bringing us back to the tension and the balances that are in that, for helping us to think through and explore um, in our lives and, and in conversations as, we, as we're in relationship with each other, what does that mean? Um, and, and how do we continually redirect uh, I'm, I'm the one that came up with the, uh, the image there. I, I found the image on a stock website of the, uh, the robot, and it's a wind-up toy, and Brad and I had a quick little conversation about that too, and we came up with different interpretations of what that means, but uh, it, it doesn't have any direction capacity. It's a wind-up toy. You put it, and it walks, and then it, it winds down. Um, there's nothing with just that robot toy that can kind of uh, change its course internally, but In our relationships and where we are when we're consecrated so we have a a relationship with with a loving God and in the the relationships that we share in community um, we have the capacity to wind each other up in all the right ways and to direct each other and to to, um, bring insight and perspective and so I'm I'm really glad to be a part of a church that um, puts that uh, as a high priority and uh, even in a time like this where we can share and uh, And make these kind of connections. it's it's beautiful.
0: I do wanna say thank you to you and to Jared uh, for all of the hours that you guys spend doing design works. We sit in the office and go away for our days of prayer and come up with these absolutely crazy ideas as to what we should teach about and where we, and then we say, can you guys get a really cool graphic for that for us, and and, uh, they do an amazing job of making things look really, really good, so we really appreciate the work that you and Jared do on that for us, yeah, it's fun.
10: Allie. Hi, um, I'm Ali Nicole. I just want to add my voice to this this discussion. I found this whole series really fascinating and really challenging. I would say for me, probably the most challenging uh, session that we had was the one on spiritual friendships, not because of the message, but just because of how it impacted me at the time. Many of you know that uh, my family and I, relocated well, to Langley um, in August last year after spending 15 years in Kenya with Wycliffe Bible Translators so during our time in Kenya we'd known some very deep and very nourishing spiritual friendships I think when you're in a foreign country without the support of family around you you tend to gravitate very quickly and deeply with other people because you need those friendships you haven't got uncles and aunties and grandparents around you so the challenge coming here was well, how do we find that kind of level of friendship in a country that's foreign to us? But in a place where people have their networks around them, they have their families, they have their social clubs, and everyone's very busy. They don't particularly need our friendship. Um, um, so coming to Jericho, one of the things, one of the reasons we kept coming, um, really was the the welcome that we received from people, and people did appear to be Genuinely friendly, and, um, and so we started making some friendships. But the, the part, part of Brad's sermon that really hit very hard that day was his phrase. He said something about, you know, develop your friendships now, your spiritual friendships now, so that when you're in a crisis, you'll have people that you can call on. Well, the problem for me was that that day I was right in the middle of quite a serious crisis. Uh, my husband had traveled, he'd gone back to Kenya, we were missing him dreadfully, and my son was having some pretty severe difficulties. So I was sitting there thinking, well, have I done enough? How do I know whether those friendships that I've started are deep enough? And so there was only one way to find out, and that was to actually open up to people and ask for help. And I was overwhelmed by the response and by the just the many ways people ministered to me and my family during that time from within this church. We didn't deserve it. It was completely just the outpouring of grace. Um, and it was, it was just wonderful to be ministered to. It was hard because I'm a proud person like anyone else. I don't like asking for help. I like to think that I can fix things on my own. Um, but I think God sometimes uses crises in our life in order to actually kickstart or deepen friendships, so I think there's, 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 there's two sides to that, that we actually don't genuinely connect with people until we really, really need them, um, and that's not to say that we shouldn't do the groundwork beforehand, um, but also the, just the, at the same time, the, the, the walking group, the journaling group, the herd table, those were just really God-given opportunities for me to actually just start getting involved and getting to know people, and the last thing I'd like to say is just I want a great... Um, uh. So a big thank you to the youth team for the way that you really have reached out to my three kids got them involved, challenged them um, it's been wonderful, it's really been exciting to see them grow through the ministry of Jericho up to, up to this point so thank you
0: Thanks, Ali
11: Jung Hoon It's been a week uh, since we came back to Lanley and um, it's been filled with, um, and uh, meetings and joys and then um, actually we visited um, the school that I went or so my, tr- my children went and we went to um, Tim Hortons and, <laughs> and we went to the um, uh, strawberry farms and you know, um, and Langley Memorial Hospital, where where Sooyang was born. So, um, just uh, this last last week was uh, really uh, filled with the the time that we reminded of the, our time living in Langley and with you. Um, but as we walked um, here and there, we we were really enjoyed the weather here and the environments and the houses and Actually, some of my kids mentioned that, "Oh daddy, uh, such a beautiful houses. I'd like, I'd like to live in in these houses like that so um but <clears throat> and I just saw each other and then we we just simultaneously we we sang this song you know it it is Korean song, but the the, the lyrics is like that. We have many places to live in in our, in our father's house that means you know um well. When we saw these beautiful houses and then very spacious, spacious and beautiful flowers and all the things, wow, we really really enjoyed that, but we always at the same time realized that uh, this is not place where God called us to be, mm-hmm. and then we have other places to go to, and um, we have to be where God really called us to be, so... Um, just uh, this time, uh, just a short time, temporarily, we're going to enjoy this and then we will um, just get, get refreshed, but uh, we will go back to our uh, field where God really wants us to be. <laughs> and um, I have read through uh, one book about uh, the 1st Peter, and then um, Apostle Peter really encouraged uh, God's people to prepare uh, the coming up uh, persecution and other things. But he really encouraged them to um, remember God's uh, hope and uh, encouraged them to have joy and, um, you know, just get prepared for the coming up the persecutions and difficult times and sufferings. So just uh, while we are here, we really uh, want to focus on God's calling again, and then um, we don't know what will be going on uh, in our lives, but... Um, we are really thankful for this time of opportunity um, to get uh, connected with all, all the friends and also get to know uh, our church, uh, church friends and also get reminded of God's uh, gratefulness and then uh, kindness to, um, to my family. So really appreciate, uh, appreciate this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jung Hoon. Hey, just a reminder, everybody, and just a thought for you. Like Jung Hoon and Pearl and their family are here for five weeks till the middle of July. And this is a great opportunity for you to get to know them. And some of you think, oh man, well, okay, we gonna, what are we gonna fit this in? We're we gonna have a barbecue, we're we gonna do this, we're we gonna do that. Find something you're already doing with your family that you think their family might enjoy, and then just invite them to come along with you. If you're going picking strawberries, Awesome. you guys want to come picking strawberries with us? If they don't want to come, they'll politely say no. <laughs> but it might be fun then, because your kids will then have a memory of interacting with them and things that we want to be a part of their uh, blessing and encouraging them while they're here and resting. And so, yeah, just be, be bold that way. If you want to have more for dinner or anything, you can connect with me, send me an email and let me know and I'll put you in touch. And uh, you can do that over the course of these, these couple of weeks. All right, Paul, I'm going to ask if you would be ready to share your story. Uh, Paul is uh, getting baptized down this afternoon at Derby Reach. And uh, I had suggested that, you know, maybe Paul could read his story in the freezing cold river. And uh, he said it would be very, very short. (laughs) So uh, I thought, well, you know, we give you a little bit more chance, a little bit more opportunity to do it here in this place. And then also, you know, you can hear him. uh, And so Paul's gonna share a little bit of his journey with us. And uh, then this afternoon, uh, after we all eat together, and then we'll spend some time in the river and we'll uh, baptize. (laughs) All right, so go ahead, Paul. Uh.
2: Well, thank you, Brad. Um, For those that don't know me, I'm Paul van Zadderveld. I'm married to Karen. For just about 11 years now, we have two children. Sydney is just turned seven, and Ryan's almost four. Um, And uh, my faith story is not uh, a terribly dramatic one. Um, No miraculous conversion experience, no drug use, no gang-related activities, anything like that. I was um, born into a Christian family, I'm the sixth of seven kids, and um, we were raised in a Christian Reformed church initially. Um, I've been educated in Christian schools for all of my education except for grade four, so right up to and including going to University of Trinity. Um, So um, I I do remember um, at about the age of seven, uh, we were at a family camp in Caroline, Alberta, and uh, I prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to be my savior. And um, I remember there was a guest speaker from England, Pastor Saunders, and he was speaking to the children's group um, this one particular day and gave an invitation to pray and uh, And I did pray the prayer then. Um, told my parents about it afterwards and they were very excited and pleased. And um, but um, ultimately really, that was an experience that had a lot more to do with fear than anything else because I didn't want to be burned in hell. And I didn't want to be left behind if there was a rapture or something like that. Um, you know, around that time, we would left the Christian Reformed Church, and we were in a bit more of a charismatic setting. And um, I don't want to say that the teaching there was intended to scare people, but it did have that effect on it at times. Um, I remember coming home. Uh, a few times and the house was empty and I was like, oh, oh, oh no, did everybody get taken up to heaven and I'm, I'm left behind here with all the bad people. So, um, so really my, my story is a lot more of a, a progression, one from a child's understanding and perspectives to something that's a little bit more mature, hopefully, and thought through uh, in terms of the approach to faith. Um, it's really one of, of not walking away from what I was raised in. Um, you know, I I'm I'm not a Christian today because my parents were Christians and because they raised me to be one. I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus, and I want to follow him. Um, but at the same time, I did have a lot of questions along the way, um, and uh, there's a lot of reading, a lot of books that I that I went through that uh, were very helpful. Um, a couple of them were um, Lee Strobel's Case for Faith and Case for Christ. Those are um, excellent books um, and then also the Grace series of books by um, uh, what 's the author um, Steve McVeigh and uh, getting a better understanding of what it means to be saved by grace was uh, a big thing for me to realize that i didn't need to be perfect to be useful to God or to be useful in a church um, I have enough perfectionist tendencies about me that that's a, that's a big deal to be able to say that it's okay that i'm uh, that i'm less than perfect it's okay that i'm um, you know I have a flaw or two, and God still loves me and Christ died for me, and that's what really matters so um, you know essentially that is really the question the answer to the question of why am I getting baptized now mm-hmm. um, i've um, I mean, there's the checkbox that I need to become a covenant member here, but um, <laughs> really, it's it's more that just my journey has has taken me now to a place where I can, uh, you know, I have I I I do know that I'm accepted by God and I'm accepted by you know Jericho the family here, and um, and that's you know that's really what matters.
0: Right on. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for sharing that with us. So um, what I would like uh, a few people to do is, uh, in between now and tonight, just think about maybe some words of encouragement or blessing that you'd like to speak over Paul's life. Uh, And we'll do that down uh, by the river when we gather uh, after dinner today, I'd ask you about a song, and the, the first thing that came to your mind is Shall We Gather by the River, yeah, we which, which we don't have to sing, but it seemed somewhat appropriate, but, you know, <laughs> I noticed Ron didn't put it into the set, so <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of that. But, uh, Paul, we do thank you for, for sharing your story with us and uh, your journey of faith, and uh, it's a privilege for us to receive you into membership thank you. here at Jericho. Mm. <clears throat> Have you, got, have you got a slide, Eric? You want to? Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, Keith's going to help uh, Eric with some names. What I would uh, love to do is we'll put up just a, a slide uh, for some of the things that have been talked about and some of the things that have been shared today. And if any of those people are sitting around you, Uh, Just as Ron and the team lead us in a closing song, I just invite you to actually do just what we did with Cam and Leslie. Just make your way around the people that are seated around you and uh, just pray for them and just ask God uh, to do things in their life. Uh, Listen and ask and see what God is saying to you to pray for them Uh, as a community of faith. This is just one of the ways that we express uh, a communitas and that we are a community here together. And so I'm gonna ask you all to stand and we'll sing this song of response. And if you wanna move around some of the people uh, that uh, shared at the mic at different times, people gather around Rebecca, you can gather around Brad, gather around uh, Jung Hoon and Pearl, gather around Paul if you want. And then uh, just before you go, we'll speak a word of benediction. We'll put some names up on the screen so you can remember to pray for them as you go.